I was introduced to methamphetamines, I started snorting the meth and then smoking the meth, and then it turned into shooting the methamphetamines into my veins every day, all day long. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about drug addiction and how is it that people would continue to get involved with something that is so well known to be so addictive and a one-way street to destruction. And what is that? That's illegal drugs. Despite that being known, people still use it. Today, we're going to have Liberty Crouch-Taylor She's going to be sharing her life story of how she was addicted to drugs like crack cocaine and methamphetamines. She's going to share how she could not get away from these addictions until she had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Liberty, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, Liberty, thanks so much for sharing with us about your life story. I wanted to get started off at the beginning of your life. I understand when you only were like two or three, your parents divorced. And there were times when you were babysat by some people and they ended up secretly molesting you throughout your childhood, which is horrific. How did this affect you emotionally? Basically, I was suppressing the feelings of the events of being abused sexually for so long. It ended up in my early teenage years manifesting as rebellion Mm. towards my dad, who was raising my brother, sister, and I as a single father. And he was also struggling with alcoholism, So it's just suppressing the events itself eventually turned out to be acts of rebellion against all authority, anybody. Hmm. Gosh, that makes sense. Because if you couldn't trust those who abused you, in your mind, you're going to be like, I can't trust people in authority. And I understand that in part of the rebellion, you got into drugs even at the age of 12. How did that begin and progress through your life? It started basically stealing cigarettes from my dad and then moving into somehow I got interested in pot and then alcohol. It escalated to cocaine by the time I was 18, 19 years old, moving into club drugs when I was in my 20s. And then later, it was no longer just fun to do drugs. It became an addiction. I was addicted to crack cocaine. And then I was introduced to methamphetamines. I started snorting the meth and then smoking the meth. And then it turned into shooting the methamphetamines into my veins every day, all day long. Mm, Wow, that is so sad. Because you're such a young adult and you're completely attached to the drugs and their effects, it sounds. And my gosh, this is a moment when you are truly addicted. Is that right? Yes, you're absolutely correct. It became no longer a fun thing to do. It was what I needed every day to basically function, Mm -hmm. to wake up knowing that I needed to find the drugs, knowing that I needed to make money to get the drugs, knowing that I needed to just basically function out in the real world, either high or going through withdrawals every day was a struggle. Sheesh. So fun at first, but then like a chain around the brain in the end. 
I understand that drugs also attracted unhealthy relationships where you're doing drugs with certain boyfriends. And a boyfriend at that time led you to such an isolated life with him that there was a violent moment that changed your life because of the health of that relationship. Tell us what happened. On July 4th, 2010, the boyfriend I had at that time, we were intending to go camp out at the river because we were at this time now homeless, without money, without drugs, without friends, without anything. And we were going from shooting meth in your veins every day, all day to nothing. It does something to your brain. And I was barely 90 pounds at that time. And my boyfriend and I were driving down the road. The car somehow was not going towards the river as we planned. The car was actually turned around towards the highway, the opposite direction. And we're going down the road, and I had already been isolated, cut off from my family for years. My family didn't know if I was dead or alive. But driving down this road, eventually, wow, I started thinking, my dad lives down this road. Well, the boyfriend and I, we were arguing, fighting in the car. He pulls over, and it just so happens to be at the very exit where my dad lives Uh off the highway. And he pulls over, and we're fighting, and he pulls me out of the car, and he's got his hands around my neck. And somehow his foot slips on some grass, and I get away. And I'm running down this old road where in the mountains there's nobody around. And I'm running down the road, and the boyfriend gets scared and takes off. So, like, he's not there anymore. But I'm, like, bloodied and 90 pounds and dirty and got track marks all in my arms and everything. I'm running down the road, and I just knew if I could just make it to my dad's house, I would be all right. But out of nowhere, I see this white van coming down the road my way. And I go into the middle of the road and I'm like, help me, help me. And it just so happens it's a pastor. Mm. And, you know, pastors pray. (laughs) (laughs) And he pulls the car over and I said, can you give me a ride right up the road to my dad's? He lives on top of the mountain. And the guy says, yes, yeah, I'll take you. And he never really said anything. He just let me talk. And he took me up to the top of the mountain where my dad lived. And my dad comes out of his house and he saw me and the pastor leaves and my dad looks at me and just my dad hadn't seen me in a couple years. So now here I am showed up like this and it's 4th of July. And I tell you, my dad, he struggled with alcohol. So when I showed up, he was already drinking. So that's the type of state of mind he was in. And basically I said, dad, can I stay here? And he says, you can stay here, but I've already got plans. And he walks down the mountain, just leaves me right there outside. So now I'm by myself. Like there's nobody around. The pastor's gone. My dad's gone. I hadn't even made it inside the house. And I didn't know God. I wasn't taught of God. I had my first salvation experience at 21, but I never got discipled. And I completely had forgotten about God. And the whole God experience that I had at 21 got submerged with addictions and abuse. So I forgot who God was. But I dropped to my knees this day and I cried out and I said, God, if you're real, you've got to help me. Help me, God. And I was just tired and I knew that there had to be something better. And so that was in 2010. And from that time, I was separated, just living with my dad for over a year and a half on top of the mountain. And that's where I got my sobriety. Gosh, that is amazing. But I understand that even though you discovered sobriety at your dad's, you discovered fear and paranoia that was left over in your life from your previous lifestyle being addicted to the drugs. Let's stop there. 
I want to have you on our next show to describe more about the paranoia you experienced and how you got freedom from all of this. We'll see you on our next show. Hang on tight. We'll be back soon to dive deeper into what you just heard right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? You know, what's fascinating to me about Liberty's story is we said this before, but despite knowing that drugs were illegal, she still kept going back to it and she got into it at such a young age. As I listen to her story, I'm seeing that the hurts from the past made things very difficult for her. She didn't really have anyone to seek healing for the molestation that she went through. And when she got older, it seems like those wounds expressed themselves in such a way where she was trying to fill her body and mind with the high that those drugs would give her. It seemed like she was trying to distract from the pain of the past. Now, I know no one says this out loud, but I think a lot of the time, drug use and addictions can come from great pain from one's past. Because things that happen in our pasts can leave us so wounded, almost like something was taken away from us or stolen, so that our desire will always be that longing to fulfill that missing part or maybe even just to cover up the pain. Now, I know not all listening have dealt with drugs. I think that in a way, though, we can all relate to Liberty's story, that deep inside, we all have a yearning to seek out to fill what we think is missing in our lives. Sometimes for anyone, the things that fill that void can be very wrong and detrimental. But what are we all seeking? What is that personal fulfillment or maybe that healing Well, the truth is we won't find all the answers in anything on this earth. You know, it's written in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. I want us to take a close look at this. I believe the Spirit of God will speak to you in this moment. We're being advised to not love anything in this world. Yes, there are so many things we can seek out in this world, but ultimately there will be nothing here in this earth that can truly fulfill you. Why? Because it's written and we all know that the things of this earth are passing away. Think about this. The drugs that Liberty was addicted to with every high It was always passing away. The fulfillment she sought out daily never brought her enough fulfillment. 
So the things of this world can bring some type of fulfillment or satisfaction, but eventually it will pass. And I think we all know this. According to scripture, Jesus does provide that satisfaction that our spirits and souls need. Let me explain. It is written in John 6.35, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. What is Jesus saying? He's saying that he has the power to bring that fulfillment we're all looking for. He's the one who can and is willing at all times to bring what we're missing. Why is it so many times that we don't look to him? We don't look to him for the real answer. We're always looking at that thing that is in front of us in this earth. You know what that thing is. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. Jesus, I think we can all identify with this in some way or the other. Lord, let us no longer look at the things of this earth for fulfillment. Let us realize this truth. You are the one that brings fulfillment. And for the person who's never experienced you, Jesus, we welcome you right now. We ask you, fill us with this bread of life. Fill us so that we'll never feel empty again. We ask for this in Jesus' name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.